And so here we are at the end of our four-week look at building blocks of faith. I've really enjoyed this series, enjoyed hearing from other people in the panel discussions and also hearing from you as you've chatted about it and shared your feedback with us as well. Uh, next week, we're going to be doing uh, something uh, different. We've got a visiting speaker coming. The week after that's an all-age service, and then we're at Pentecost. And then after that, we're going to be looking at some Old Testament prophetic texts together. Really excited about all of that. But as we finish this series today with a look at the first chapter of Mark's Gospel, let's pray. And so, gracious God, in these moments, may the words of my mouth and the reflections of our hearts and minds together in these moments be found pleasing in your sight. O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. We have no idea how many generations of the Zebedee family had been fishing on the Sea of Galilee, but it was likely to be a fair few. At that time, in that culture, as in many around the world today, a small family business can be handed on not through, only through generations, but over centuries safe, it's secure, people know what they're doing, there's a role within the community that comes with it too. But then along comes this prophet from Nazareth and told James and John and their neighbours, Peter and Andrew, to drop it all and follow him. And they did. Leave everything you've ever known, all your security, your family, your trade, your income, and follow Jesus. That was the call they received in these moments. And the way Mark tells the story, it sends echoes ringing back throughout the Bible. If we think about Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, he's told, leave your country and your father's house and go to the land that I will show you. Leave something and come into this new life that I have for you. And so as Mark's gospel begins, something new and significant is starting to happen. The old family business of God's people is being left behind. And instead, God has new things in store. And these new things, the adventure awaiting the disciples that they can't even begin to comprehend in these moments, well, it's about the good news that the living God is on the move. And friends, it's worth noticing, I think, when Jesus chooses to act here. Before this point, John the Baptist is going around talking about God's kingdom, eating some bugs, and as long as that's happening, Jesus can bide his time a little. At this point, though, John is now in prison and Jesus has to act. Everything we know about Jesus suggests that he would have prayed and waited for God's sense that this was the moment to begin his ministry. And God speaks through situations and events as well as through the still small voice in the heart. And God was now saying that if the new movement of God's kingdom is going to keep going forwards rather than backwards, it's time for Jesus to go public with his own vocation. And so Jesus comes to the villages of Galilee as a wandering prophet with a message that God's time has come. Jesus' message was one that called people back to God and back to ways of life that were life-giving for the people. As he begins his teaching, turning back to God may well have involved turning away from a disastrous war that was on the horizon for the people, but it also meant turning back towards being loyal to God and God's ways. The call to turn back to God, to repent, is part of God's rescuing and redeeming work in the world. 
Jesus' contemporaries trusted in all sorts of things, their ancestry, their land, their history, their temples, their laws, even their God, providing that God did what God was expected to do. But Jesus was now calling them to trust the good news that God was going to do something new. The challenge for them was to go all in, to cut loose from their other ties and to trust God for their future. That wasn't easy then and it isn't easy now. But it's what Peter and Andrew and James and John did and it's what all of us are called to do today. We don't have to have all the answers before we start following Jesus. If we wait for that, we'll never get going. And these first disciples certainly didn't have all the answers when they followed Jesus. And nor did they know everything that was about to happen before they stepped out in faith either. One wonders if they would have been so willing to follow Jesus if they knew all the things that lay ahead for them over the next few years. Faith really is reasoned trust. It's not something you can work out and rationalise all the way through. Friends, they trusted Jesus for their future. And if we want to know how it'll all pan out before we do what God is calling us to do, then we'll never make much progress. Now, these first disciples aren't distinguished by their intellect or by their skill or by their beauty. They were as flawed as anyone before or since. What they did manage to do was to see in Jesus someone that was worth following, so much so that they gave up everything they knew to follow him. And, you know, I think it can be tempting to think that this was the only time, the only moment when they had to make this decision, but I'm not sure that that's right. As they watch and listen and learn from Jesus over the three years of his ministry, and that's what a disciple is, a pupil, a follower, someone committed to learning and growing, we see in the Gospels over and over how they have to adjust and reframe and work things out as they go along. Oh, that it were as simple as deciding to follow Jesus and then our course would all be laid out for us from that moment nice and simply. Instead, just like the first disciples, we'll have moments, sometimes many moments, where we can decide if we're open to learning something new or if we're willing to confess our sin or if we're up for a new adventure. Each day of our lives, we have decisions to make, to nurse our anger or lay it down, to love or to hate to be stingy or generous, to encourage or critique. And the best thing about these constant opportunities to choose God is that even when we get it wrong, when we turn away from God, when we sin, we still find ourselves with opportunities to choose life and to choose God each and every day. Wherever you find yourself this morning, know that God has more for you more adventure, more love, more joy, and that however messed up or unsatisfactory life might feel for you in this moment, God is more than capable of taking you from where you are to a place of abundant life. Friends, that seems like awfully good news to me.